Good morning, everybody. Well, we're going to jump straight into it. We've been talking about uh, the I am, discovering who Jesus the Christ really is. Amen. So we're going to jump straight into it. If you're reading from your cell phone, lift it up real high. Your Bible, lift it up. Shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's word and my life will be transformed because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Last week we discovered that when Moses asked God in Exodus chapter number 3 who he was, God replied and said, when you go to the children of Israel, you shall tell them, I am sent me. Amen? We also discovered that that name, I am, can be translated in the Hebrew into Yahweh or Jehovah. And we also discovered that immediately after God told him, I am has sent you, he immediately started revealing himself, peeling off layers off of his character to Moses and to the children of Israel progressively. He showed them that he was Yahweh, Jireh, which is the God who sees and provides. Yahweh Nisi, our victorious banner. Yahweh Tzidkenu, our righteousness. Amen? Yahweh Shalom or Jehovah Shalom, our peace. And we also discovered that Jesus, dealing with the Israelites, told them the same thing that God said. He also said, you are looking at the one who is I am. And we said this was the crossroads with everybody else. We said everybody celebrates Jesus. There is no other way to do it because he was the greatest man to ever live. Everybody thinks he was a great man. Everybody knows he's the greatest teacher to ever live. The most influential person to ever walk the earth. But the crossroads is, do you know that he is also Yahweh? Do you know that he is also uh, uh, the express image of the Father? Jesus said it like this. He said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Amen? Amen? And what we see in Jesus' earthly ministry is the demonstration of God's character. When he was met with the need, he manifested the gyra. Amen? Died on the cross, manifested shalom to reconcile man back to God. Amen? And manifested God's grace and love to the sinners. Amen? I always share this story and I say, man, in John chapter number 4, if the Jesus that you know is the one that's causing problems in the world, it may be a different Jesus. If he's the one that's putting sickness on you, it may be a different Jesus. You know why? Because, I mean, he had a perfect opportunity in John chapter number 4 to put something bad on a woman who had been married to five husbands. In fact, she was currently married to five husbands and none of them were hers. She was wicked. She deserved to be smitten with leprosy. But you know what Jesus does? He extends God's love and mercy. You know why? Because that's the true nature of God. Amen. Amen? That's the true nature of God. God is love. Hallelujah. And today we are looking at Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. Let us go now to John chapter number 8. So last week we looked at Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. You remember? He said, no one that comes to me shall ever hunger again. 
In other words, you'll have eternal satisfaction or eternal fulfillment. John chapter number 8, verse 2. Now early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. It's interesting that they only brought one person, but the act of sin was adultery, which takes two to tango. Amen? And when they had sat there in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now, Moses in the law commanded as that such should be stoned. But what do you say? They're trying to trap him. And watch what Jesus says. This they said, testing him, that they might have something which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he did not hear. I wonder what he was writing. No one knows. Amen? But if I'm allowed to speculate, I can run wild. Okay, let's come back. Verse 7. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Man. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone. And the woman standing in the midst, when Jesus had raised himself up, saw no one but the woman, and said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Verse 12. This is where we're teaching from today. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Now, this is at the heel of what transpired in chapter number 7. And this was just after the tabernacle or the, the feast of tabernacle, known as the festival of tabernacle or the festival of lights. So all Israel would gather in Jerusalem and they would light their torches and go to the mountains in Jerusalem uh, celebrating how God led the children of Israel in the Old Testament during the day with the cloud and in the night with the lights. And they were obsessed with this uh, festival. They really loved it. And here in verse 8, Jesus is saying, that light that you are celebrating, I am that light. What is he talking about? Let's go now to uh, Colossians chapter number 2, verse 16. Thank you, Jesus. Colossians chapter number 2, verse 16 and 17. Watch what it says. It says, let no man therefore judge you in meat or drink or in respect to a holiday. In the NIV it would say festival. In respect to a festival or the new moon or the Sabbath days. Next verse. Which are a what? Shadow. I didn't hear that. Shadow. It says, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. So he's saying the festivals, the Sabbath. And all of the celebrations, the holidays, were just but a shadow. 
And he's saying the body that's casting that shadow is Jesus Christ. So what he's saying is, don't be obsessed with the shadow. So if someone told you, man, I'm going to visit you uh, 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 tomorrow at your office and uh, for a meeting, and uh, before they get to your office, right around the corner you see their shadow, that would be a good thing, actually. You know why? Because it's proof that there is a person. Amen? So the shadow was a good thing. But once they walk out, it would be foolish for you to be obsessed with the shadow and be mesmerized with the shadow. And that's what the Jewish community were doing. They were holding on to a shadow without realizing that the body that's casting the shadow is now here. It's like Sam here saying, you know, Pastor T, I'm going to be in Jobbik. Here's my itinerary. And then I get excited about receiving the itinerary. And then the day to come to Jobbik arrives. And he lands at Oaratambo. And I'm still obsessed and excited about the itinerary. Sam is coming. Let's celebrate. Let's throw a party. Get all the meat you can so we can have rice. And Sam is waiting saying, dude, I'm here. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying that festival is great. But the body is of Christ. The shadow. The realness is here. Now you need to embrace the light of the world. And he says if you embrace the light of the world, you shall never walk in darkness. Amen? Amen. Amen? He says you will never walk in darkness. Uh, a few years ago, I think it was last year, uh, Esther was there and a few of us went with Yukon and the people who were visiting at the time to a cave uh, out in Machalisbek. So we went down, I think, about 50 meters down into this cave. And when we got to the bottom, the guy was like, you know what? Nobody move. I'm going to switch off the lights, and I don't want anyone moving. Because if you move, you may hurt yourself. And we were standing still, and he switched off the light. Man, I could feel that darkness. I couldn't move. It was that black. And he says, nobody move. You know why? Because if you move, you may hurt yourself. Similarly, Jesus is saying, man, I am the light of the world. And if you are trying to do it in your own strength without this light, a lot of people have been trying to do a lot of things without light and they are bumping into a lot of stuff. You know, I'm saying this woman, she, she's one of the most celebrated women in Hollywood. She was voted the most beautifulest person in, to ever walk the earth three times in a row. I don't subscribe to the list because my wife was not, you know, considered. So I don't subscribe to that list. But she was voted three times. And you'd think with her beauty, she'd be able to work marriage easily. But I think she's on her sixth marriage. You know why? Because she's trying to do it in the darkness. Jesus is saying, I am the light. Whoever comes to me will never, ever walk in darkness ever again. You won't have to bump into stuff. You know why? Because he will lead you. Let us go now to Exodus. Thank you, Jesus. If you're writing down notes, write this down. Light and darkness are opposites. And light always defeats darkness. Remember what it says in John chapter number 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Talking about Jesus. It went on to say in verse 5, Jesus, this light shines into the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. In other words, the darkness comprehended it not. The darkness cannot resist light. A little flicker of light will defeat. 
I'm going to have to use this phrase. My wife said it's not correct English, but it makes sense to me. A little flick of light would defeat a multitude of darkness. That's the only way I can put it. <laughs> Jahweh darkness. <laughs> Amen? That was a dry, direct translation from the neck. A little candle can defeat lots of darkness. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And Jesus is that light. Where did I tell you to go? Exodus chapter number 10 from verse 21 to 23. Watch what happened. Exodus chapter number 10 from verse 21. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thy hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be fell. Next verse. And Moses stretched forth his hand towards heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt for three days. Next verse. They saw not one another, neither rose any from his place for three days. But all the children of Israel, he's talking about you now, everyone who is in Christ. It says, but all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. While the world is surrounded by darkness they don't know how to deal with issues they are confused and confounded by the challenges of the world you are in the light because you have jesus who is the light notice he didn't say i am a light he says i am the light the only light amen, amen. and he says when they, they were in darkness bumping into stuff the children of israel were in the light Moving, making moves, doing what they needed to do. You know why? Because they had God with them. Yeah. And the only way you can win in this life is to have some light in your marriage. Let God direct your marriage. Let Jesus be at the center of your marriage. Let Jesus be at the center of your life. Let that light come and reside on the inside of you. In fact, the Bible says in Psalm 119 verse 130, it says the entrance of his word, the word in John chapter number one, the entrance of his word brings light, it brings illumination, it brings understanding to the simple. The only way you can be transformed is by receiving Jesus as the light. Amen? Amen. Let's go now to John chapter number 12, verse 44 to 48. <coughs> Thank you, Jesus. John chapter number 4, verse 46. Did I say 44? 44 to 48. Jesus cried out and said, He that believeth in me, believeth not in me. He that believeth in me, believeth not in me, but in him that sent me. And he that seeth me, seeth him that sent me. So if you see Jesus, you've seen God. I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth in me should not abide in darkness. So you don't have to abide in darkness. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. That first word, judge, is talking about appropriating re rewards. He's saying if you don't believe in me, I won't appropriate any rewards that come with you believing in me. There won't be any change. There won't be any transformation. He's not talking about condemning. Amen? Next verse. 
He that rejects me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father who sent me, he gave me a commandment what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak thereof, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. Go back to verse uh, 46. I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth in me should abide not in darkness. If you're reading in the NIV, it would say, he who believes in Jesus abides in the light. So all you have to do is to believe in Jesus and not believe in your own works or in your own strength. Believe in the finished work of the cross and he says you will abide, you will make light your residence. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. Let us go now to Matthew chapter number 6 from verse 22. Believing in Jesus means believing in his word. Amen? Because Jesus is his word. And if you believe in his word, you will walk in the light. And when you receive his word, it says the entrance of his word brings light. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Matthew chapter number 6 from verse 22 to 23. Matthew 6, 22 to 23. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. <laughs> but if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. Man, I'm not even going to read that yet. But I want to deal with the first part. He says if your eye be single, if you're focused on Jesus, your whole body shall be filled with light. You know, one of the analogies I use is the church is the moon and Jesus is the sun of God, S-O-N, and the sun, S-U-N. And the moon does not emit any light of itself. In other words, the moon does not have to produce energy for it to shine. All it has to do is to reflect the light that's coming from the sun. And it's similarly to the, with the church. You don't have to crank for righteousness. All you have to do is receive Jesus. And when you receive Jesus, His transforming power will make you reflect Jesus to others. It's called effortless change. Effortless transformation. All you, but all you have to do is to be positioned with the Son. Looking unto Jesus, the what? The author and the finisher of our faith. Not looking unto the world. Because whatever you look at, you reflect. There's something called a, a lunar eclipse. Where the earth is in between the sun and the moon. So instead of the moon reflecting the sun, the moon is reflecting the earth. And with the lunar eclipse, the, the moon does not reflect, you know, the white radiant light from the sun. It reflects the brown, ugly stuff from the earth. Similarly, as a Christian, if you focus on the sun, you will reflect his radiance. Even in your character. Watch this effortlessly. Man, you won't have to crank to live holy. It will just flow out of you. You won't have to crank to be patient. 
It will just flow out of you. While you are focusing on the sun, the sun is reflecting its glory on you and it will manifest through you. Man, they've been trying to get us to live holy the wrong way all these years. They've been telling us, your skirt is too short. That's not the problem. The problem is what you're focusing on. They've been telling us you're not giving enough. That's not the problem. The problem is what you're focusing on. Because if you focus on the sun, you just can't help it but be a giver. You know why? Because he is a giver. But when you focus on the earth, with all the confusion, anxiety, that's what you will reflect. Hallelujah. And watch what he says right after that. Where are we? Uh, Matthew chapter number 6, 22, 23. It's up. Okay, watch what it says after that. It says, if therefore, hey, before we read this, let's go to 2 Corinthians. I want to show you something. Go to 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 uh, in the NIV. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 in the NIV. Is making sense so far? Watch what it says. It says, and we, all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. He's talking about Moses. Remember when Moses went to spend time with the Lord when he came back, he had to have a veil on his face because God's glory, you know, shined so bright that people couldn't look at him face to face. So he had to have a veil. But it's different for you and me in the New Testament. Watch what it says. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory or look into the Lord's glory are being what? I didn't hear that. While you are looking. Listen, it works as a boomerang. All you have to do is look. Did you see it? It didn't say we while we are cranking. Or praying in tongues or fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. All we have to do is behold. While you are beholding Jesus. What's happening? We are being transformed. We are beginning to shine. We are beginning to become a reflection of who Jesus the Christ is. Man, I was sharing with uh, uh, the guys the one time, and I say, man, growing up, I used to be the first one to, to throw the first punch. You know, we'd go out partying and so on and so on. Man, I had a short fuse, this, this long. You know, it's scuffling, and people are talking. They're still talking, man. Knock your front teeth out. But when I started looking unto Jesus, man, it takes a lot to get me angry. My fuse has just been, been longer and longer, and it's getting longer and longer. You know why? Because all I'm doing is focusing on Jesus. But if I went to some of these self-help programs, you know, hi, my name is Tafara, and I have a short fuse. Hi, my name is John, and I have a, please help me. Just pour out, pour out your anger and all that. That's not going to change you. All you have to do is behold. Behold with an open face. Behold the Lord's glory. Look at Jesus and know that I'm looking at the light of the world. And as you are looking at him, you begin to reflect all that he is. Yeah. Effortlessly. Amen. Even with righteousness. And a lot of people are trying to live holy in their own strength. And they can't do it. But when you look to Jesus and, and accept his gift of righteousness, it begins to produce holiness through you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Just with unfe- unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his. Amen. Oh my goodness. Man, this is powerful. 
Since we are being transformed, it's a continuous process. We are being transformed. Man, we're getting better and better and better every single day. Being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. This thing has no limit. It keeps getting better, ever-increasing. So as long as you're in the earth realm, you're not going to arrive. It's ever-increasing. keeps getting better. Amen? Which comes from who? See, I told you, the moon does not emit any light of itself. It comes from the source of light, the Lord, Jesus. I am the light Amen. of the world. All you do, surrender, reflect, and the world will be changed. Amen? Which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Let's go back now as we close to Matthew chapter number 6, verse 23. I'm going to read verse 23. But if thine eye be evil, so if you're focused on the wrong thing, if you're focused, if you're positioned to where your reflection is coming from the earth. Man, I'm telling you, if you're focused to where your, your reflection is coming from the budget from the president. That thing was 16 billion, 60 billion in deficit. Man, that thing is going to bring some depression. Amen? Man, if you're focused at all the problems that's happening in your community, it's going to bring depression and worry and anxiety. But when you position yourself to where you focus on Him, His reflection will begin to shine in your life. Amen? But if your eye be evil, thine whole body shall be full of darkness. And darkness speaks of ignorance as well. Amen? If you don't look to Jesus, you may think you know. They may call you an expert, give you a title, you are a doctrine. But Jesus is the true light, the embodiment of everything that is true. Anything outside of Jesus is not true. It may look like it's true, it may be factual, but it's not truth. The only truth is God. The same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the only constant. And watch what he says. He says if your, your focus is twisted... Man, you're going to fall into a place of ignorance. And watch what he says right after that. He says, if therefore the light that is in you be darkness. Man, it sounds like an oxymoron, right? How can light be darkness? He's saying if you think you know, and if the knowledge that you have is actually ignorance. You know, when I'm watching on television, these experts, Dr. So-and-so, giving people advice on marriage, and none of it is coming from God's word. And it sounds like he knows, and they give him an applause. I remember uh, uh, Hassani came here to teach a marriage class, and someone, you know, lifted up their hand to ask a question. And they said, man, but Steve Harvey in his book says this and this and this. So he says, I must wait, what? Three months before, 30 days or whatever. You know, and Hassani was like, burn that book today. <laughs> and I was like, this is the right response. You know why? Because it looks like the embodiment of truth, but it's not. Anything that is outside of Jesus is not true. And he's saying, if you think, when you think you know, and you are in darkness, 
How great is your darkness? He's saying, man, you are in a worse off position than someone that says, I don't know. Please help me. He's saying, man, when you find yourself in a place where you actually think, oh, I, I have an idea. You are in a worse off position than someone who just says, you know what? Help me, Lord. I have no clue. And Jesus will begin to teach you. That was the problem with the Pharisees. Their light was darkness. Nothing wrong with the festival of tabernacles, but they didn't have discernment to see that the true light is now here. There is no need for us to be mesmerized and be obsessed with the shadow. Hug the man. He's standing right in front of you. Talk to the man. He's standing right in front of you. But they will run away from the man to embrace a type and a shadow. But the body was that of Christ. And this morning, I want to tell you, man, all you have to do is to know that Jesus is the Christ. All you have to do is to know that Jesus is the light of the world. And when you fully embrace him, you will not walk in darkness. He declared it. In fact, he uses a legal term. He says, shall not walk in darkness. He didn't say there's a good chance you will be in light. No, he says it's not going to happen. There won't be any darkness. But you're going to have to embrace him. Embrace his wisdom. Embrace his knowledge. Amen? And let him begin to direct your steps. Psalm 37, verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered of who? Man, he lights the light and all you have to do is keep walking. And he didn't say the journey of a good man. Do you realize? He says the what? Did you hear what Devin said? Man, we went public. We went, we were going to go public, but we didn't know where the venue was coming from. But we took the first step. Because God orders your steps. Thy lamp is a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. You order my feet. And as I take steps, God begins to order your feet more and more. But you need to fully embrace him and trust in him. Amen? Because Jesus is the light. Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being the light of the world. Thank you for being a light in our lives. Father, we thank you that we are those who do not walk in darkness because you are the light and we have received you as the light. Thank you, Jesus, for every individual under the sound of my voice. Thank you but that illumination, enlightenment is their portion. There's a period recorded in history called the Dark Ages. And during that time, the Bible was locked up in monasteries. Also locked up in a language that common people could not understand. And for a thousand years, men wandered around without purpose. No medical research, discoveries, innovation, no technological advancements. Nothing is recorded for a thousand years of no enlightenment from the true light, which is Jesus. Father, we thank you that we have enlightenment that comes from you and not from humanistic wisdom and knowledge. 
We thank you, Lord Jesus, for guiding our steps. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that as we walk, this life will be a reflection of your true identity, of your true nature, which is love. We will manifest love everywhere we go. Not because we are working at it, not because we are trying harder, but because we are just positioned to reflect your glory. Father, we thank you for an ever-increasing transformation for every individual under the sound of my voice. We thank you, Lord, that today there is a realization that you are the express image of the Father and that we will worship you, we will honor you, we will lift up your name. For Jesus Christ is Lord, not just a great man. Father, we thank you and we give you praise in the mighty, matchless name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have prayed and everyone said, Amen. The Bible says, Believers shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for healing. We thank you for healing. Lord, we thank you for healing. We speak life into these bodies and speak healing into these bodies. Those who have been living a life of fear, worry, and anxiety, Father, we pray that they may realize that Jesus is the answer. He says, be anxious for nothing, but in prayer and supplication, make all your requests known unto God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ. We thank you for a peace that surpasses understanding. A peace that God goes beyond what we can ever figure out. We thank you for peace. No more sleepless nights, no more nightmares. But resting in the love of God. Father, we thank you in advance. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And everyone say Amen and amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We love you. God bless you. Greet three or 30 people and tell them you love them.